You're listening to The Burrow at Pittman Park. Find us online at www.pittmanpark.org. You ever been around somebody that could really pray? And I'd find myself in those moments um, around people who could, you know, really pray. Who had these words that I didn't have um, and had these thoughts and these metaphors and all this stuff going on uh, that I didn't have in my prayers. Um, And I was just like, man, I bet God would really hear me if I could pray like that. You ever feel like that? Like if if I could just conjure conjure up uh, the right set of words, the right set of phrases, if I could just get my mind in the right place um, in this moment that all of this eloquence would flow out and God would be pleased um, and I would... I would get whatever I asked for. You ever feel that way? You ever been around somebody that made you feel like that? If I could just pray like them, then maybe God would, would really hear me. And maybe some of you are like, oh, you know, I am that person. <laughs> God knows just how eloquent I am. <laughs> he knows that I leave no dangling participles in my prayers. Um, so we, we sort of get caught up. And sometimes we mess prayer up because we think that it's all about these big words and these big metaphors and these big thoughts and all these big things that we have to do. And it's interesting in Scripture, um, if if you take a look uh, in Luke chapter 11, which is where we're going to be this morning, if you take a look in Luke chapter 11, it becomes sort of clear that um, Jesus didn't talk about prayer a whole lot with his disciples, um, which is interesting because in Luke's gospel, more than any of the other gospels, um, Jesus talks about prayer. And what it means to pray and how we should be in the Father's presence. Well, uh, around Luke eleven thirteen, 13, um, the disciples who have seen Jesus praying, who, who have been alongside him when he would go off to these remote places to be in God's presence. Um, when you get to Luke 11, the disciples have, have sort of finally gotten a, a clue and they're like, Jesus, um, we need you to do something for us. So let's jump into our text. This is Luke 11, beginning at verse 1. It says that Jesus uh, was praying in a certain place. And after he had finished, one of his disciples, who's of course unnamed in the gospel, right? You don't want to be the guy that has to ask the question that's obvious. You don't want to be the person that has to ask that question. Uh, When Jesus is, is done praying, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. So teach us to pray as John taught his disciples. Now, um, we don't know a whole lot about John the Baptist or John the Baptizer. Most of what we know comes from Luke chapter 3. But we don't know a whole lot about him. We don't know what kind of formulas that John had taught his disciples to pray. We don't know if it was um, a three times a day kind of prayer thing, a five times a day kind of prayer thing that John taught his disciples. But, but these disciples, Jesus' disciples, some of whom were John's disciples go to Jesus and they say, Jesus, teach us to pray, you know, kind of like John taught his disciples to pray. Verse two, Jesus said to them, he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread and forgive our sins. For we ourselves Forgive everyone indebted to us and do not bring us into the time of trial. 
And Jesus said to them, suppose one of you has a friend and you go to him at midnight and you say to him, friend, lend me three loaves of bread for a friend of mine has arrived and I have nothing in the house to set before him. And he answers from within, sort of behind the door. Do not bother me. The door has already been locked and my children are in bed with me. I cannot get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give him anything because he is his friend, at least because of the man's persistence, because of the person's persistence, he will get up and give him whatever it is that he needs. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given to you. Search and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks receives and everyone who searches Finds And for everyone who knocks, the door will be open. Is there anyone among you who, if your child asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead of a fish? Or if your child asks for an egg, will give a scorpion? If you then, you disciples, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more... Will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? So this morning we're talking about prayer and what it means to, to even, even pray. You know, if, if you were to Google the definition of prayer, and, and I did that for you, you can see the answer up on the screen here in just a second. There you go. If you Google prayer definition, uh, this is what you get. Uh, at the top of the page, you ever done this? You look for a word in Google. Um, sometimes I'm, I don't have all the meanings for words, so I ask Google and it gives me answers. Um, and Google says that a prayer is, is something like this. A prayer is a solemn request for help or an expression of thanks addressed to God or an object of worship. Now, at first glance, that's a pretty simple, simple definition of prayer. Prayer is asking God for help or giving God thanks for something that God has perhaps already given you or something that God has done. And, and maybe, in fact, that definition is too simple. You see, all of the time we boil prayer down to asking God for something, some favor, and then thanking God for that thing which we've received, for that favor that we've gotten. That's the reason that Google gives us this definition of prayers, because most often this is how we ourselves define prayer. What do you do when you pray? Well, I go into my, my, my prayer closet, um, like Jesus said to do. I go into the, that solitary space, and I pray to God, and I ask him for what I want, and I ask him for what I need, and then I thank him for what I've got, and I thank him for what I'm going to be getting. That's the way we define prayer. Google gives us that definition, because that's how most of us Define the word. We pray for something, then we thank God for doing what we ask God to do. But isn't that just a little bit simplistic when it comes to prayer? Isn't that just a little simplistic? I mean, isn't it too easy? I mean, that's just too easy for what prayer is. It's a little bit basic for what prayer is. I'd like to think that prayer is something bigger than just asking and thanking. Asking and thanking. It's sort of shallow to think of prayer that way. But the truth is, most of us, uh, if we're really honest with ourselves, we have to admit that we think of prayer, you know, a lot like you think of a vending machine, right? Do you, do you guys, are, are you around vending machines very often? 
They work like this. Um, I don't know if you've seen one of these. We have one in our office. It's, it's called a Coke machine. It dispenses Coca-Cola. And so what you do is you go to the machine and you either have a dollar bill or a, or a dollar and a quarter now, I think is what it costs to get a Coke. Uh, a dollar and a quarter, and you put the dollar in the machine in just the right way. Have you ever had to do this with a dollar? You have a dollar in your pocket. I'm not talking about a dollar in your wallet, because most of the time if you have a dollar in your wallet, you just unfold it and stick it in there, and it gets sucked right in, and you get your Coke. You ever have a dollar in your pocket? And you go to put it in the Coke machine, what do you have to do? You feed it in there, and it spits it back out at you. And so you, you straighten it out on your leg, and you put it in there, and it spits it back out at you. And then you fold it, and you crease it, and stick it back in there, and it spits it back out. Because you can't get your Coke if you don't have the, 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 the paper, the money, just the right way. We think of God that way. That if we can just pray the right prayers, if we can just say the right words, if we can get it just right, that God will dispense whatever it is that we want, whether it's a Coke or a Diet Coke or a Sprite or a Mountain Dew or whatever it is that we ask God for. We just think that God is, is sort of this dispenser of things. That's how most of us, that's how even, even I approach prayer from time to time. But God, God's not a vending machine. You don't have to punch in A7 to get the pack of skills. That's not how God works. Prayer is about more than asking for stuff and then thanking God for what you got. It's about a relationship. It's about an intimate, loving, caring relationship with a God who we would dare call Father. Who we would dare call Father. How many of you parents can remember the first time your child called you mama or daddy? Remember the first time that happened? I can remember looking over uh, the crib in, in Addie's room um, when, when she was just, you know, six, eight months old, looking over the edge of the crib. And when I poked my head over, she smiled at me, which she had been doing for a long time. She smiled at me. She said, Dada. And it was like, oh just melt me right there. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I'll give you anything. You call me dada. I'll give you anything that you want. Have you had that experience? Some of you have had that experience. Some of you haven't yet, but I promise you the day that that happens in your life, it will just melt you because that means that you've gone from this unknown caretaker, you know, the person that brings me the bottle and changes my wet diapers. You've gone from this unnamed person to this named entity, this known entity, this, this, this real life person who matters and makes a difference. When we say, our Father who art in heaven, it's like saying, Dada. It's like us lying in the crib staring up at our, our Heavenly Father or our Heavenly Mother and saying, I know who you are. You are the one that created me. You are the one that, that birthed me. You are the one that has cared for me even before I asked, who knew what my cries meant, who knew the very stirrings of my heart before I could even express them. In our house right now, um, we have a four-month-old um, named Lily Grace. And Lily, um, she cries because she's a baby and she can't talk yet. That's what babies do. They cry um, because they want to get your attention. And I can tell you when she has a poopy diaper cry. That is a particular cry. It sounds a certain way. And she's like, oh, time to change the diaper. It sounds like a diaper. She has this cry 
um, that is, I want food. She has an I want food cry, and so she cries, and, and I go and get the bottle and, and, and give her food, and she's happy again. And then there's this other cry that's, I'm in distress, and I don't know, um, you ever hear the stories about alligator, alligator babies, that alligator, um, I don't know what you call an alligator baby, a baby alligator um, can cry a certain way, and the mama can be like 74 miles away and hear the cry and start coming. Have you ever heard that story? Um, I think that's true. Um, somebody here could probably verify that um, later on or tell me that's absolutely not true. But, but there's a story out there that a baby alligator can cry a certain way, and the mama comes charging in to, to, to take away all the danger and all the hurt and all the pain. My daughter has one of those cries. She can cry at this certain pitch that will rattle your eardrums. I mean, parents, have you experienced this cry? There's this certain cry that they cry out and you're like, ah, I've got to do something. She's in, she's in danger. She's hurt. This is, something doesn't feel, something doesn't feel good. Before she ever called me, that uh, Lily Grace hasn't even done that yet. I cared for her. I fed her. Changed her. I knew her cries. When our children say dada or they say mama for the first time, it's the start of a brand new relationship. When we begin to cry out to God, our Father, our Father who art in heaven, we're talking about a relationship. We're talking about a relationship. I can't wait for the day. That Lily Grace calls me dad after the first time. It's the start of something brand new and it's exciting. And at that stage in our life, when our child cries out, we just give them whatever they want. We give them whatever they want. But as our children get over, um, in our house, we also have Addie, who's four years old. Addie's four years old. Um, and now, instead of just getting Addie whatever she wants when she cries, we treat her a little bit differently because she's a little bit older. Now, when we're walking through Walmart and Addie goes, I want Dairy Queen, uh, we say, we'll see. You ever do that? You ever use that? Some, some of you are like, we'll see. Hold on. We'll see. Daddy, I want a toy. We'll see. We'll see. It's not a yes. It's not a no. It's a it's, it's maybe not even a maybe, right? Let's be really honest. When we say we'll see, sometimes that means you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> sometimes that means you might not be able to handle what you're about to, if I give this to you, this 32 piece, piece knife set, you're not going to know what to do with that. And it's going to end up in, in just terrible things happening, Right? I can remember being, you know, six years old and asking my dad for a shotgun, and my dad goes, we'll see. <laughs> so he knew I couldn't handle it. He knew I couldn't hold it. That if, that if I were to get that gun, I'd only end up hurting myself or someone else with it. So he, he gave me a we'll see. So most of my answers to, to my oldest daughter, Addie's prayers are, we'll see, Addie, we'll see. And sometimes that ends up being, yes, we can go to Dairy Queen, because I want a Dairy Queen too. We can go. Sometimes that we'll see is a no, because you don't need that, and you don't know the consequences of what you're asking for. Sometimes the we'll see is a no, because we don't have the funds to buy that new sparkly thing that you want right now. And that doesn't apply to God. But we answer that way, don't we? I think sometimes when we pray to God, God doesn't give us a clear-cut yes or no. I think a lot of times God gives us a we'll see. 
He'll give us a we'll see. Because you don't know what you're asking for. You don't know what you're asking for. You don't know what the consequences of getting what you've asked for will be. You don't know that that's going to be harmful to your life or to your soul. You don't know the potential that this has, the implications of what your request are. I mean, if you think about Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, when, when he's praying before God, at, at, at the end of his life, when he knows he's going to be arrested, what does Jesus pray? He says, God, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, if there's any way we can do some other plan, and how does God answer? He gives him a we'll see. He gives him a we'll See, sometimes our prayers are answered with we'll see. Sometimes our prayers, they might result in a miraculous hearing, perhaps miraculously through human knowledge or or the knowledge of a doctor. That person we prayed for pulls through. But sometimes when we pray, God answers we'll see. We can be crushed because we're used to getting yes or no answers, aren't we? We want a yes or no answer from God. We expect God to give us a yes or no answer. God, will you do this for me? Yes or no. And if we live with that sort of mindset, this yes or no mindset about how God talks to us and how God answers our prayers, if we understand God to only answer us in yes or no, then when terrible things happen in our lives, things that we've prayed about, when we lose someone that we love, that we've prayed for and prayed for and prayed for, we get absolutely crushed because we think God said no to our prayer. And what God had really said all along was, we'll see. I mean, to not get what you've asked for when what you've asked for is noble or, or good or honorable, To not get that can be devastating if you believe that God only answers you in yes or no. Most often, God answers us with a we'll see. So here's my hunch. I think prayer has much more to do with relationship than it has to do with results. That when we pray, it's much more about our relationship with God than it is about results. We don't just pray to get things from God or to get favors from God or just to thank God as Christians. We pray because it's a vital way for us to communicate in our relationship with God. We pray. We pray and we should be praying to God in the very same way we pour out our hearts to our friends. Any of you have a really good close friend? That when you're having a hard time, you just go to and you tell them everything. I mean, do you have somebody in your life that you do that to? That's the kind of relationship that God desires to have with us. Most of the time, when we have that kind of a friend who, who we can open up to and we can pour everything out to, they don't really say much, do they? They just kind of let you get it, get it all out. I mean, you probably don't even expect them to do anything whenever you pour all that stuff out, do you? Now you just put it out there because you need someone to share the burden with, to share the joy with, to share what's going on in your heart and in your life with. Our prayer with God should should look like that. 
It shouldn't be about big words, elocution. It shouldn't be about conjuring up the best metaphor. It shouldn't be about getting the result that you want. It should be first and foremost about the relationship. That's why the first words, the Lord's Prayer, are our Father. Our Father. It's about a relationship. But even even along with that, prayer is also about attuning our hearts to God. How many of y'all remember old radios, like the, your old car radio? Do you remember that? You had two knobs on the car radio. One was what? One was volume, and the other was the attenuator, right? And what you did um, in, in these old cars before there were like LCD displays, um, there were these knobs, and it pulled a little thing along the way when you twisted the knob. Some of you remember this. It pulled a little thing along the way. What you did was you had to tune in. You had to attenuate the radio to receive the frequency so you could hear the song. Does this make, does this make sense? Do you remember this? Does this make any sense at all? So you had to attenuate. You had to, you had to attune the radio to the frequency that you wanted to hear. That's what prayer does for us. Prayer is a practice where we lift up to God our joys and our concerns, our struggles, our fears, our hopes, our anxieties, our dreams. And as we do so, we're thinking about all of these things in light of God who lives and breathes and cares for us. And cares for us. Who promises to give us not just gifts, but good gifts. Gifts that will bless us. Gifts that will make us stronger. Gifts gifts that would make a difference in our lives. See, when we pray, we bridge the gap between our daily life and our faith life. We bridge the gap between that, that person that we are moment to moment and that person that we are when we're standing in God's presence. When we pray, we narrow the gap between those, those two people, those two ways of living and being. A gap that's you know, pretty significant in most of our lives, even my life at times. The person I am over here in my daily life and the person I am or desire to be in my faith life. So prayer is about a relationship more than it is about results. And it's about making us conscious of God in our daily lives. Well, the question is, how in the world then should we pray? What does faithful prayer look like? If it's not about getting results, if it's not, uh, if it's not about praying the right words or having the right metaphors or, or getting the right thoughts across to God so we can get what we want, if, if prayer isn't those things, then what does faithful prayer look like? To, to find that out, all you have to do is look at the Lord's Prayer here in Luke's Gospel. Look at it here in Luke's Gospel. The first thing that you'll notice about, about this prayer is that it's pretty simple, right? It's pretty straightforward. After asking that we act in a way um, to keep God's name holy and to live as God's kingdom is on earth, Jesus' prayer, it covers sustenance, daily bread. It covers relationship, forgiveness, right? It covers safety, bringing us through times of trial. Those are the basics of life. Jesus covers most of the stuff that we deal with on a daily basis in about a sentence and a half of prayer. Prayer should be simple. 
Your prayers don't have to resemble a Shakespearean sonnet, okay? They don't have to be like a haiku. You don't have to have five phrases and three phrases and seven phrases. I don't know how that goes. You don't have to do that. Simply lay your life and lay your care and lay your concerns before God. Say what you need to say. Say what you need to say. Share it with God. The second thing I notice about prayer, whenever I look at the Lord's Prayer here in Luke's Gospel, is that faithful prayer is honest. Jesus parable, you know, it, it, imag- it, it asks us to imagine that uh, like a man confident in the hospitality of his neighbor, um, do you remember back in the day whenever you could go next door to your neighbor's house and knock on the door and be like, I need a cup of milk because I'm baking a cake? Do you remember those times? My mom would have me do that when I was little. We'd run next door to Miss Teresa's house and bang on the door and say, I need a cup of sugar because mom is baking a cake and we got to get this thing done. And so she would give us sugar. This is what's happening in this parable that Jesus tells. He says, you know, can you imagine for a minute that, that you are a neighbor and you go to your neighbor's house house, asking for bread for these visitors who come, who've come to your house so you can have something to provide for them, um, and the neighbor's already laying down in bed. Now, they might not get up because of friendship, (laughs) because it's late, it's midnight whenever this happens, right? But they might get up. They might get up because you're persistent. They'll probably get up because you're persistent, and you continue to ask and knock and bang on the door and say, I need bread or I need that cup of sugar, then they'll get up. No matter what they're doing, they'll get up just to have you stop banging on the door, right? I'm not saying that you need to pester God to death (laughs) about one little thing, but what I am saying is that persistence pays off when it comes to prayer. Not because God will eventually rouse up or wake up from some deep sleep that he may be in to answer your prayer, But because whenever you pray persistently, you begin to see those things that you bring before God in the light of who God is. Remember, it's about relationship, not about results. You understand your parents answering you with a we'll see a lot better when you're older than you do when you're just a child. You really do. I do now. Third thing about prayer is that prayer is based on trust. Faithful prayer is based on trust. Jesus promises us, promises us that just as we desire to give those that we love, our children, our, our neighbors, just as we desire to give them good gifts, God desires to give us good Gifts, Because we trust that this is true, because we trust that God really does want to bless us, because we trust that God is a good God and that God provides, because we trust, we pray. We don't take it for granted. We pray. And we continue to ask God for our daily bread. We continue to ask God to walk with us through those moments in life that we can't hardly stomach to take another step in. We pray because we trust primarily that our Father who lives in heaven is a good God who created us for a purpose and is working his purpose out in this world that everyone, that all of us would be awakened inside. Awakened inside 
to his presence in our lives. God loves us. And God is listening. So this morning, I want you to hear these words from Jesus again. He says to us, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, search, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened for you. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who searches, finds. And for everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. God listening. He wants to hear from you. He wants to hear from me. He wants to hear from us as a church. As a church, are we bringing the programs, the Bible studies, the things we're teaching and thinking about, the, the ways that we're growing and expanding, are we bringing these things before the throne of God so that we can see them in light of God's life among us? Or are we just sort of headed our own direction, doing our own thing? Are you doing the same thing with your life? Are you bringing your whole life before God? Not for a result, but for a relationship. So this morning, as as God's people here in this place, I want to invite us as a community of faith, as a congregation, to pray the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray, and, and we're going to pray the, the version that you probably know, and it's going to be up on the screens, and I just want to invite you, I'll invite all of us to do that here in this moment. Band, are you guys about, you guys are just about set. I want to invite you all to pray this with us too. Let us pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those that trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. God, we trust you. And we are here to drop all the fancy words and to simply offer our lives wholly and completely to you. Asking for your direction. Asking for your will. But not just asking for results, God. Asking for a deeper relationship with you. This we pray in the name of Christ. Amen.